Hey, welcome back to the monthly Retro Trade Thread podcast that comes out every month like clockwork. I'm Tyler. With me is Chris. Yes, hey. Starting next month. Starting Oh, starting next month, we're going to do this monthly. We haven't given up. A lot of podcasts give up pretty quickly. But here we are with a third episode. Yeah, we're not giving up. Um, we're going to come back with more content and, and uh, better better topics. Starting right now. Different topics, not better topics. Every topic is, is equally good. That's right. What's going on in the retro trade that we're, we're playing Crash, which I think was nominated by Within Temptation, who nope. as of yet has not nope. started Crash? Nope. nope. Oh, it's not? It was nominated by me. That's why I'm defending it. Oh, 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 oh. It's an okay. excellent game. Awesome it's game. De- you played Crash as a kid. Fine, that's true, yes. Okay. So I can I can 100% see that if I had played this as a kid, I played it a little bit as a kid, but it was like at a friend's house, so it doesn't count. But I could see if you got like way absorbed into this and you were going for all the gems and stuff like that, I could see having a strong attachment to this game. Because it, it is a fun game. You do kind of run through these trap-filled dungeons and all that kind of stuff. I actually have fond memories, and I just realized it wasn't this one. It was the second one. Oh, my God. <laughs> so, uh, but does it this get one, better over time? This one isn't, isn't terrible. I mean, the second one is pretty much more of the first one, but just slightly better. I mean, I don't remember much of it, but whatever it's in the first one, um, I think Crash just has m- more moves. I think one other move I was trying to do in Crash 1, and, and he didn't have it, so... That's so I looked at I looked at some footage of the other games because I'm like, man, this came out at the same time as Super Mario 64, so they must have really taken some notes and put them into the second and third game. But they do look pretty much the same. One thing I definitely noticed is in the second and third game, you can jump and spin, and that spin gives you a little extra oomph on the jump, which I was constantly trying to do in Crash, but it doesn't do anything. It just, you just rocket to the floor as fast as you were before. Wait, you can't jump and spin in this one? You can just you could jump and spin but it doesn't get you any extra distance uh, okay i see what you mean it All looked right. like you get a lot more extra distance when you do it in the other games i, I could be i'm not a crash expert i played this game for like 10 hours <laughs> that's more than me uh i'm i'm still trying to beat it uh not sure if i'll make the uh deadline no if, if you nominate a game and your game gets chosen it's like your duty to beat it you have to do it because this it's your fault that everyone is playing it especially if it's longer than like four hours there's that actually there's no excuse if it's shorter than four hours just do it if it's longer than four hours you're making everyone else do it which is me and whoever else decides to play the game i do i do want to beat it uh, don't get me wrong but um we got like what eight eight days left and scheduling man yeah yeah i know also i just want to mention i nominated sonic 3 and i didn't play it didn't play it at all yeah and sonic 3 is like it's six stages longer it's like ridiculously short it's like an embarrassment compared to Sonic 2 because they chopped out half the game and sold it separately. It's a really good game, though. I, I keep listening to the soundtrack in anticipation to the to playing. I just never got around to it. Oh, that whatever that Ice Stage soundtrack is, um, that, that's been stuck in my head ever since we, we played that one. Ice Cap, I think, right? Yeah, Ice Cap. Oh, but it's it's like based on some weird, obscure song, and I have the real song stuck in my head, too, because I looked it oh, up. Oh, yeah, that's right. Oh, I forgot what it is. With how far are you in Crash? So Crash is actually, it's a terrible game to play in short bursts because the save points are ridiculously gated behind like special stages. You might miss them entirely or you can get up to the special stage, fail the special stage, and you don't get the save point. Wait a minute. And 
So this might be a PlayStation only thing, like the original PlayStation, because I'm playing it on the PS4, the remastered version. Oh, yeah, there's no way they did this on the PS4 yeah. version. So what do you mean by gated? Like if you if you miss the bonus stage or like if you fail it, you don't get to save or you don't get to che- checkpoint? You You can only save at the end of a bonus stage. So if you don't get all three of those little heads to get to the bonus stage, you don't get a save point. And if you fall during the bonus stage, you just miss that save point. And even worse, when you get a save point, that save is in the middle of a level. So if you, for example, stopped playing and then go back to it, you have to replay that level over again because the save wasn't at the end of a level. It's it's the most insane system. All right. So they fixed that in the remastered version. And not only that, you can keep retrying the bonus stage. Like if you just oh, wow. die or... if. If you just fall off, you can just keep trying it for free. Like, that's something that I would have done as a kid. I would have loved getting good at some of those bonus stages because they have, like, some weird layouts. But every time I was in a bonus stage, I'm like, I'm not going for any of those extra lives. I want to get my password. That's all that matters. Now, I'm starting to think our bonus stages are different, too. Like, what do you have to do in the bonus stage? Really? It's usually, it's like a bunch of boxes you have to bounce on. But and if you, you got to get them all or try to get them all. And then if you fall off and that's the end of bonus stage. Oh, I don't know. I uh, like there's a bunch of boxes and like a, some kind of puzzly pattern, and some of them have extra lives in them. And you like the hard to hit ones have extra lives, and you, if you can go for those, you get extra lives. Is it different on PS4? Yeah, I think it's different. Oh, that's so weird. what do you, what do you collect to get to the bonus stage? Three heads of the blonde lady. That's your girlfriend. Okay. All right. So that's the same still, but yeah. Uh, instead of instead of uh extra. So they, they put the extra two lives at the end of the bonus stage. So you just collect it. And yeah, so I get those two. Those, sometimes okay. there's two lives at the end of the bonus stage. So I, I thought the whole point of the bonus stage is to break all the boxes. That might yeah. be the case, but I was never going to risk doing that. Okay, because you fall off and you just lose it. Yeah. Okay, so that's the difference. Um what do else? you also do you lo- ever lose progress in the PS4 version? Because if you fail a stage, you might be if you like lose all your lives, you might go back three or four stages in the PS1. Nope, nope. Oh my god! So they made it a lot easier or yeah. more accessible to the modern modern audience. It kind of makes me glad I didn't play the uh, the the PS1 version. That sounds terrible. I think yours also runs at sixty frames a second. This is is closer to twenty thirty. Which is, wow. like, my biggest pet peeve, but um, with something like Crash, I'm way more interested in the history than in getting the best possible version of the game. Right. It looks, and also looks really good. It's the, the original yeah, PS1. It, pretty cool. it still looks good to you? Oh, like, no, 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 not the PS1. I thought the remake looks pretty cool. Yeah, the remake looks really good. So, wait, how far are you into the game right now? So, I'm about uh, a third way through. Oh, okay, you're nowhere. There's, like, three islands. Are you even off the first island? No, I'm still, wait, maybe... I'm either on the first or or we're just about to start the second. Okay. Because there's a percentage, so I'm like thirty to thirty some thirty something percent done. Oh really? Well, yeah. I think I beat the game and I had like less than fifty percent, or maybe like just over fifty percent, because I think a lot of the percentage is getting all the secrets. Oh, I thought the percentage was just tracking. I mean, tracking it could be your... again completely different on PS4. Yeah, that's true. But yeah, I definitely didn't beat it with a hundred percent. Um. Yeah. I I used to hate these. This is the reason why I don't play Mario games because I would want to collect everything. But now I think I'm okay with 
starting with Crash, that I don't collect everything. I'm just trying to beat the game. Bleeding Violet says he's going to 100% it, or he's going to try to. I doubt that's going to happen this month, but we'll see how he does on that one. I I mean, for me to 100% a game, I have to freaking love it. And like Super Mario Odyssey, like I really, really like Super Mario Odyssey, but even then, that's like there's there's no chance of me going and getting all that stuff. That's like a pick it up and get a moon here and there kind of game for me now. So let's let's take a look at why why do you think everyone hates Crash? Like it's across the board, no one likes Crash except me and Bleeding Violet. You're Bleeding okay Violet with likes it, right? anything. Bleeding Violet, he doesn't it, anything archaic. He'll just say is is kind of we're looking at it from modern standards even if it wasn't great for back then i mean i it's just what's your opinion on it like i'm not so gypsy is like it's putrid trash that no one should ever play i'm not going that far i think crash is okay it's just clearly it's not a 2d platformer and it's not a 3d platformer it's this weird early 3d platformer that doesn't really conform to what the modern conventions of the genre are and not in a great way. The reason the genre is not like that today is because, for example, 2D levels where you can accidentally press down and fall off the front of the stage are freaking horrible. It's That's just <laughs> stupid. If It could have had a lot of quality of life changes, such as locking you onto a 2D plane for the 2D levels. But even then, like some of the level design is just running straight forward and relying on depth perception when you don't have some kind of 3d screen or something that's just not not a great way to play a platformer i think you can use the shadow that's oh my god (laughs) that's actually better shadows on the ps4 version maybe yeah i think so (laughs) possibly uh that's how i got through the uh no what's that stage i mentioned that i hated no road road to nowhere nowhere. that was a great stage. i really liked that stage Uh, there's another one that's just like that that's good too like the high road or something so is it as annoying? So like, let's see if there's a difference between the two versions. So basically, Road to Nowhere is you jumping on these like bridges and the planks, it's either like already broken or they're wooden planks that you can only stand on there for like two seconds. Is that the same? Yeah, that's exactly what it is. And you're running straight forward and then the perspective sucks, but there's basically one challenge in that level and it's managing the perspective as you run straight forward there's no you're not going to accidentally fall off anything basically if you die it's because you misjudged a jump and that's fine that's platforming challenge to me when they mix in like these stupid enemies that don't do anything and just kind of waste your time or I, i don't know i really like the road to nowhere it's really simple so the the one enemy that's in there it's like a pig or a bull or something right um, yeah, 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 and you can't kill it. Yep. So yeah, jump over it. It's timing. I like it. And also, when you die too many times, they give you a free uh the mask thing after like three deaths or something, five deaths. Five deaths. Oh, jeez. So yeah, uh, after you die five times, they give you a free like what? What's that voodoo mask thing? Yeah, I have no idea what it is, but sure, that that might have happened in the PS One version too. I don't know. So basically during that level, I die so many times. They gave me double layer voodoo mask. And in the level, you can actually get another voodoo mask early on in the in the stage. Wait, so, you can stack them up? I don't I don't know if you can do that in the PlayStation version. No, you can't. Wait. I, I don't know about the first one, but the second one definitely can. So there's if you get 3 layers, you you become invincible. That hasn't happened to you? 
oh, you're right. That happened once, and I didn't know what happened, because oh. then I died, and I, I got that same mask, and it didn't happen again. I'm like, huh, why was that mask so weird last time? That only happened once in the entire game for me. It's probably real hard to keep your masks that long. Yeah, so it does layer. So w- when you have two, it's like a, like a golden color. Okay, it's yeah, it's different. It's from... probably harder to see in 240p. <laughs> I probably wasn't paying too much attention to it. So in Road to Nowhere, I would die so much. They give me double layers, and then I would get the third mask, and then I would I would finally be able to like just run through the stage without worrying about that stupid animal that's unkillable for some reason. So that's the only reason. Because they want you to have the platforming challenge. Of what? Like, you have to... jump over it. So you jump over it, and then it's... Well, it definitely makes it a lot more difficult because you're, like, rushing to jump because you can't touch it. Yeah. But I think... You gotta go fast. No, I think they should have made it at least, like, if you jump on it twice or something, it dies. Because how is it, like, unkillable? I, like, I didn't have a big even... problem with it. I died a few times, like trying to figure it out. But in a game that came out in 1996 with like 32 levels, I mean, they had to make some of the levels. They had to make it pretty hard because otherwise you'd breeze through it. Like on the Crash Collection, it's like, all right, you got three full games to go through. That's that's a modern value, but games had to be harder in the 90s. I don't know if I want to play the next two. To be honest, I think one is enough. Well, yeah. Beat this one and, and get your fill and don't uh, don't do what so many people do and be like oh I gotta I gotta play all of them and see it as like a chore just just get your fill and then be like all right I'm done with this for now it's nice it's nice to not feel like playing games is a backlog of like work you mean that's not how you feel how you feel right now <laughs> I, felt, I, mean, I felt that I way about going back to Crash because every time I booted Crash back up, I'm like, oh my god, I have to replay the level I saved in. What a freaking hassle. And then I have to like make it far enough to get to another save point so I don't lose like two or three levels every time I die. It, it was a little bit homeworky for me. So you played it on PS1 on a CRT? Like, what What did you use? No, I just used my regular setup on my LCD uh, with like a FrameMeister. And it looks okay. It looks like a PS1 game, which is about how as not okay as video games get. Also, it doesn't support a, a, an analog stick, which is probably another improvement they made, but I had to play with a D-pad. Oh, that sucks. <laughs> yeah. That really sucks. Man, I didn't know that. Yeah. I know Crash 2 is definitely uh, DualShock compatible. All right. Well, when you guys vote for that, which at this point you definitely won't. So if you had to rate Crash 1. Uh, I gave it a 5 out of 10, which wow. is fully recognizing that if I had played it back in the day, I would totally be like, oh, 8 out of 10, 9 out of 10. I loved this game. But uh, I just, eh. Also, that's that's like in the middle for me. I rate it on the Enix scale where 5 is completely average, not 5 is IGN's definition of garbage. So you're a big fan of Super Mario 64. I am. It's my second favorite game ever. I'm like the complete opposite of that. I'm not a fan of it at all. You just so, hate freedom and, and big open worlds and exciting places to explore. I understand. Okay. So so maybe maybe I didn't give it enough a chance back then during the PS1 N64 days. But like trying it now, it, the control is horrible. Like if you, if you think crash controls are horrible, I, I don't understand how you can defend Mario 64. The controls are so good. He's so mobile. He's got a long jump. He's got backflips. I love the way Super Mario 64 controls. I actually don't think 
that Nintendo has got it better until Super Mario Odyssey. Uh, and now I think that's the best controlling Mario game. But I like I like Super Mario 64 over Sunshine and even over Galaxy. Well, Galaxy is about the same because he pretty much has the same moveset. But, dude, I think Super Mario 64 is great. But doesn't it feel like he has ice skates on? Like Mario always feels like he has ice skates on. That's just how Mario slip- is. No. He, like, starts running and he has to, like, work himself up to it. Oh, it's... Oh, I mean, I'm so used to, I played that game so many times. I would just beat it, delete my save file, start it over 120 stars. I could do it in like a weekend. So I would just keep doing that over and over. So I'm, I'm just so used to it that I'll, I'll never be able to say, I'll, I'll never be able to look at it with fresh eyes. So I, I probably tried it, uh, on the Wii U in, in the, uh, virtual console and it's still the same to me. It doesn't, it doesn't feel any better. It doesn't control any better. I don't know. Maybe I need to give it a try again. I mean, maybe not. Sometimes you just don't like this game that everyone says is freaking amazing. Like I'm probably saying with Crash Bandicoot. Although I feel like if people, more people went back to both of those games, I feel like more people would probably like Mario because that's more like how games are now. That's, but I mean, I've I think been back to plenty a- of games and I just don't understand why people like them at all. I think Mario 64 is an obvious choice over Crash, but I, I don't know. I, I I just I don't it's not like I hate Mario even though you think I hate Mario I don't hate Mario <laughs> why do you hate Mario Lunar why do you hate Sega I don't, I hate Sega for being such a failure co- of a company and making all those awesome systems that failed it's true it's true they never won a console generation I I, mean, I can't it, it's true they what has Sega they never won a handheld generation Game Gear Nomad they they got nope. nothing. <laughs> they got nothing. But I think Genesis was close to like neck and neck with Nintendo. Close. I, close. I think it sold like a little over half as much. Now I want to look it up. I think in my head, like they probably had like 45% market share, like versus Nintendo's like 50 some percent. Like I think they're very, very close. Like, where are you going to look it up? You can actually. I'm just going to Wikipedia. Like, so SNES sold 49 million. And Sega Genesis sold. This is good. Good podcast. Thirty million. Yeah. So it was still only like two thirds of the way there. Okay. But I mean, whatever. I mean, Sega Genesis was a fucking phenomenon. It came out way before the Super Nintendo. It, it was competing with the NES and like blowing it away. So I mean, obviously, Sega Genesis is an amazing console. I'm just fucking around with sales numbers and saying that it technically lost the generations that it was in. I think maybe Sega uh, spent too much time and money in the um, the accessory consoles like Sega CD and 32X. They just wasted too much resources trying to trying to make Genesis better uh, without just like they they should have just skipped the whole whole stupid uh, Sega CD and, and 32X and just made a new console. Yeah, they wanted to make it seem like it was a better value. I'm, I'm sure. I mean, I think Super Nintendo, I mean, looking back at history, obviously, SNES had it right. Let's put these amazing chips in our existing cartridges. Whatever, if the cartridge costs more to produce now, let's let's have these games that, you know, look like Mega Man X3 and sound like it. I just want to say I love I, I love Sega CD and I love, I don't love 32X, but I, I, I don't hate it. So these failed consoles are actually uh, some of the, my favorite consoles from Sega. 32X and Sega CD? What? No, thirty not thirty two X, but Sega C D is one of the Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Sega C D. And Saturn, whatever Saturn was competing with PlayStation, I guess. I just wish 
the U.S. liked it as much as Japan, because the U.S. Saturn got like nothing. It was terrible to develop for, and nobody supported it. Well, Japan. I mean, if you look at the Japanese games, they got way more in the 2D space. And I guess the uh, the thought process was, which was maybe correct, is that Americans don't want 2D games; they want the 3D games. And looking back at it now, obviously, we all want the 2D games because those looked so much better. But uh, I mean, even back in the day, I was such a graphics whore from like the late 90s through the like I late aughts. Everyone, everyone everything, was. yeah, everyone was. We didn't care about 2D games anymore. We didn't see like, wow, look at this beautiful sprite work. It's like, screw that. Look at Perfect no. Dark. Have you seen this game? Exactly. Nobody so, cared. Nobody yeah. cared about 2D games in the 90s. Everyone wanted like to play Crash. There's practically no 2D games on the N64. It's like almost devoid of them. And when it is, it's in like this weird style, like Mischief Makers and Yoshi Story. Yeah. Yeah. N64, we can all agree on is garbage, right? I think I, I mean, think you yes. use the same words. It's, yep. it's, gar- yep. it's a garbage console for garbage people. And that is totally recognizing that it has like 20 of the best games ever made. But once you chop off that top, it's it's a wasteland of sports, racing, and wrestling games. Almost entirely. Did you know uh, Did you know that Japan had like less than half as many N64 games as America had? Really? No, I didn't know that. I always assumed that we got shafted, and the reason the N64 library kind of sucks is that we just didn't get all these amazing Japanese games. But there's only like 130 N64 games that came out in Japan or something crazy like that. So Japan agreed with the u.s that playstation and the saturn was better yeah i'm i guess i'm including saturn because saturn did well in japan but well they they probably they like their shooters and they like their rpgs and and nintendo was just like rpgs what are those here's the n64 where are those people now like all all the japanese players who love those 2d games i feel like japan is out of it like they they don't know how to get back to the to making good games. Japan doesn't know how to go back to making good games. What are you talking about? Yeah, Japan. They used to they used to be in in the leader position about like innovation, new games, new genres. But now, what what do they have? More JRPGs? Well, no, there's there are no new games. There are no new genres. <laughs> like no one's making anything new. People are making Final Fantasy seventeen and you know Far Cry eleven. There's no everything's the same now that's that's one of the reasons that i am kind of frustrated with the state of modern games all right but you're like extra jaded about modern games more than a a, a average gamer yeah that's true but i mean what are you looking for to come out of japan like when i look to japan i'm like all right give me more uh, that weird stuff that give me like nobi nobi boy if you remember that game Nope. Katamari Damacy is a much better example that people have actually heard of. Like that's the weird stuff I'm looking for from Japan. Is that not still coming? That has to be still coming. It's no. Japan, right? I I don't even know. I don't I don't read magazines anymore. <laughs> I don't I don't read what's coming out. I have Gypsy telling me about uh, shooters coming out for Switch. No, but they're not. They're not coming out. You're looking at compilations. Because new, new, we don't need new games anymore. We just need remasters and compilations of old games on our new hardware. I'm the completely thing. happy with that. I know, but oh, it's just weird. Like, what do you want? To, what do you want? Like a new shoot 'em up that's completely Sh- brand new. Sure, on brand new- why not? I mean, that's that's not gonna like fix 
my thoughts on modern gaming, but I would rather see like, hey, I don't know, we made yet another Gradius game rather than, hey, here's three Gradius games on a Switch cart and now you can pay us $40 for that. That sounds great to me. I just, I don't know. I'd, I'd rather just, if you're gonna, if you're gonna play a classic game, I'd rather just, you know, play the actual classic game. I think of Switch and I think of it as underpowered and I feel like anything I play on Switch is going to be like not able to handle these retro games, even though it's, it's probably better than like a PSP, which I played tons of retro games on. So I'm surprised uh, how much uh, support Switch is getting for all these uh, compilations and older games. Because yes. there's, there's some digital games that, that they released that you never see them. And it was expensive to uh, import them because no, nobody had them. So yeah, what what do you think about the PS1 Mini? Let's move on to that since we're uh, on the topic. First digital release of Tekken 3, guys. It's coming back. You've been waiting 20 years for Tekken 3 to come back in digital form, and here it is. You can spend $100 on it. All right. So when Super NES Classic came out, was there the same like criticism about that? Like, oh, finally a, uh, a, a digital version of Super Mario World. All right, well, the Super NES Classic came out, uh, or they announced it, and they announced the full game library, which is 21 games, 100% killer, zero filler, and they announced it's the first official release of Star Fox 2. It was only $80 in an age where NES Classics were selling for 200 and I know the PS1 is only $20 more than that, but prices matter. We're in a news cycle where some people think that small price increases don't actually matter economically. Prices matter. The difference between eighty and a hundred dollars is definitely there. So, but and also it's Nintendo, so it's inherently more collectible and exciting. But uh, I think, oh my god, do you want me to to just keep going on about this? I hugely love the PlayStation One, right? So I, like, again, I feel like I'm the only one. I, I pre-ordered it. I don't care what's on the library, like. As long as so, there's Wild Arms on it, like one of my favorite games. I probably won't replay it over and over anymore. But so we got Wild Arms, Final Fantasy VII. Uh, I can't remember the other three. They were there more than five that they announced. Uh, Ridge Racer Type Four and Jumping Flash were also announced. Yeah, those like I like those games. I like Ridge Racer. I like Jumping Flash. I I own Jumping Flash. I own I have Jumping Flash on my PS3. I paid six dollars for it because I wanted to play it back in two thousand eight or whatever. Yeah, those <sighs> aren't exciting. There's you could play your PS1 games on PS1, PS2, and PS3. You could download them onto PS3, PS4, PS TV, PSP, PS Vita. The, uh, there's no reason for yet another little thing to exist to actually play these games. No one buying this actually thinks they're going to play all the games on this thing. Cause if they wanted to do that, they already could have done that. It's a PS one amiibo. Yeah. It's for your Instagram account, right? That's, that's pretty much. <laughs> so, but what, what if, what if the rest of the library is like amazing? It, so you- the trend of these consoles, so Tekken three actually makes it a little bit exciting. Cause that's currently not on PSN right now. The same thing with Star Fox 2. I think that was like the only thing Nintendo has put out that wasn't previously on Virtual Console. Uh, you know, maybe one or two other games. If everything on this thing is on PSN, there's there's no reason for this thing to exist. The thing, the kind of thing that would get me super excited about this would be like an official brand new translation, which is something that would never happen. <laughs> 
Like, if on the N64 Classic they came out and said, we have an official translated release of Animal Forest, I would spend any amount of money on that, because that would be amazing. But if it's just a bunch of PSN games downloaded onto a, a, a cheap version of whatever board, you know, whatever can run a PS1 emulator, it's like, eh, I don't care what games there are, I could just go buy the, the games I actually want to play, because there's no way I'm going to want to play all 20 of these games. All right, so... I don't think they're gonna, they're gonna, you know, make this thing the way I envision it. It's just, I think, I think you're right about that. But I'm still buying it for nostalgia's sake, I guess. I mean, what? Yeah, I do the same thing with the Nintendo ones. I'm gonna buy all the Nintendo ones. None of them have convinced me to plug one in yet, but I'm gonna buy them to put on my shelf and look pretty. So you have, you have a Nintendo classic and a super nintendo classic of course i do and you never power them on i've never taken them out of the box i'm thinking about it for star fox 2 i'm like one day i might play star fox 2 but i'm not even the biggest star fox fan but maybe an nes classic i just have no interest in because of uh the emulation problems like the sound lag which doesn't get enough attention people give at games shit nintendo is doing this shit with emulation problems and no one's calling them out on it yeah who cares uh, it's nintendo uh, right right nintendo can't do no wrong that's true but i mean it has it says nes on the box so i'm i'm in the probably the the switch nes controllers they're like one of the the first big nes products is coming out by nintendo where i'm like yeah i don't i don't really need those i don't understand how it's not a joy con so it only works on nes games only works on nes games and i i swear if it doesn't have the top buttons for the left and right it at least has it has the point, the spot where they could be and aren't. And I guess the idea is that because the, uh, the four buttons on the face of the controller aren't laid out like a normal thing. So instead of ABXY, it's select start AB. They're, they're just not going to let you play normal games with it, which is insane to me. That is so weird. To Cause me. I would buy that. I would buy that to play snipper clips. I want to hold an NES controller instead of a freaking joy con. Joy cons are terrible. I don't know what they were thinking about that. Yeah. Uh, well, they're being Nintendo. They're they're really tightly controlling their experiences. Because theoretically, there's there are games out there that use all four face buttons, and you'd have to like press start and select in weird ways to play those games. And they they want to make sure that experience just doesn't exist at all. So they're only going to let you play NES games with it. So there's still no D-pad Joy-Con like you thought there were. There's right? like a Hori one or something, but. You know, it has like it has that design that's like, well, we can't use the Nintendo patented design, so we use like our own kind of weird rounded design. And I, I have no interest in that. I want the Nintendo D-pad on a Joy-Con, and you know, I'll buy it when it comes out. And it's going to cost me sixty bucks, but and then I'll never use it because I, I love the Pro controller. But I, I want I want the idea of looking at my system and seeing that D-pad on there in its stupid dock. All right, well, what a wasted opportunity this was whatever they're gonna sell gang it's nintendo no matter what they do they will succeed at what they do literally their only failure is like the wii u even like their terrible console the wii which was exciting at the time and then everyone quickly realized oh this sucks and is not powerful enough for the modern age they sold gangbusters so what's your opinion on the switch you you don't play it that often i i don't i i so i I haven't boot booted up my switch since snipper clips which i was the last game i played after super mario odyssey so that's like that's a long time it's got it's got a lot of ports 
And I, I understand the appeal of playing something on Nintendo hardware. I understand the appeal of physical things, but the Switch is not a powerful console. And I have zero, zero interest in playing multi-platform games on anything but the most powerful system. And in this day and age where everything is multi-platform, that's almost always PC. So I'm not going to start buying these these indie PC games to play them at 30 frames a second on the Switch. That's crazy to me. Especially since they're all so much more expensive on the Switch. Yeah, for no reason. You could put anything on the Switch and charge $10, $15 more. It's crazy. Yeah, I, I, I have a love-hate relationship with the Switch. I don't play it enough. That's why I probably sold it like three times. <laughs> Just but keep now it on your shelf. But now they're more strict about the... Uh, the online accounts. I think all your stuff uh, are locked. Oh yeah, just, yeah. oh, yeah. Oh, your like, account is tied to your, your console now in a Super Nintendo way that will only make it a support hassle in the future when you need to upgrade or you lost your Switch or something, right? Yep. Yep, Nintendo Online. And now you get to pay for it. Woo! I pay for it. I mean, I guess the idea is that if they didn't do that, there would be like game sharing problems, right? Yep. I mean, you and me were both in in PS3 game share groups, and it was, it was something. <laughs> Buying every game that came out for a fifth of the price—that was those were crazy days. I can't get those back. I tried to email one of those guys who oh. hosted it. I just assume that if it's not on my console, I'll never have it. So I'm I'm like holding onto my hard drive, like never fail PS3 hard drive. You have so many games on you, so much Rock Band DLC. So um, let's talk about what's next. Being uh, allowed to criticize games. Well, we already talked about how you hate Sega. Yeah, I, I hate Sega. I, what I just, else? I, I think there there's a difference in looking back at something and putting it within the context of its time and things that were just bad game design even for the time. I talk about that with like Crash Bandicoot. I think like something like saving mid-level and then when you going back when you go back to that save you have to start the level over is insane there's no reason that the save points shouldn't have been out of the game like literally any other i've never seen a game do that 2d era 3d era doesn't matter that's just weird game design uh and that i can call that out because even in 1996 that was stupid well not gonna argue with that that is stupid but i mean some people not naming names don't accept criticism on any retro games because they've kind of they're in they're held in this high regard where the developers didn't know better kind of where's the fun in playing these old games if like we can't take a critical eye to them and see like what they did right what they did wrong what worked what didn't that's i don't know that's what i really like about going to back to these old games that's why i'm playing crash on ps1 and not ps4 because i want to see I want to see what the shit was. I want to see what it was like. I don't want. I don't want. I'm not interested in just the gameplay that the PS4 one's giving you because that might be great. They might have made that part as good as possible, but I, I want all the shit with it to see what what was going on back on the PS1. So, like a while back, I was trying to play all my like low level like garbage games basically to you know before I I, I dump them, and I was I was coming across a fighting force. Fighting Force and Ninja Into Darkness. You remember those two games? Fighting Force is on the N64, right? I don't know what the hell Ninja Into Darkness is. Fighting, Fighting Force is a, like Force a chibi a, fighter game, right? No. Fighting oh Force... My goodness. I think you're thinking of Fighter's Destiny or something. Oh, okay. <laughs> Fighting Force is a beat-em-up. Like early 
3D beat 'em up. Like reminds me of like Die Hard Arcade, but worse. Okay. Made by uh, Core Design, the the people who made uh, Tomb Raider, the early, early Tomb Raider, and and Ninja Into Darkness, same same thing, same developer, and like playing those two games just made me realize, like how how much gaming has grown, like how how developers got so much better in the you know last 10, 20 years. And this is exactly what we're talking about in Crash. Like a lot of these designs at the time perhaps wasn't that bad. But now looking back with like a more modern, modern, fresh eyes, it's terrible. Like these designs that you're like, how, how, how did the developers do this? But you know, they were probably less experienced and they thought this was the best they can do, right? I'm trying. I'm trying to put together my thoughts here because I don't. What's something that's terrible? Dragon Warrior. Dragon Warrior is not terrible. Something that's terrible. You're thinking on the NES. Like I'm just thinking anything. So like Metro. I'm looking at my shelf for like something with like a really obviously dumb decision. So in Metroid, when you die, uh, regardless of how many energy tanks you have, you start at 30 health. And you have to grind your way back up to full energy. It's it's ridiculous. It's probably an intentional way to lengthen the game. Yeah, to make it more difficult, perhaps. It, not even to make it more difficult, just to make it so that when you die or when you enter a password to continue or anything like that, like it's going to take more time, so that rental is going to take you that much more time, and you can't just beat it you know, by, by blasting okay. through it. You can't forgive the developer as much for that kind of thing, where it was an intentional decision to put something dumb into the game. It's not just like archaic design. It's anti-player. They're thinking about it and they're doing something that's an anti-player decision. So that kind of reminds me of modern day DLCs where they're like, huh, should we include this in, 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 in the basic game? No, I think we'll make, we'll make it into the season pass. Sort of like that. I mean, I guess that's a totally different that. Yeah, that's that's a totally different thing on how like monetization has ruined the way games are made in a lot of ways. Uh, I like in Crash Bandicoot, the controls are are stiff and the you know the jumping feels a little bit weird because of the way games are now. And I could put up with that. That's like okay, things got better over time. We made games a lot faster and a lot easier to control. But that that I'm willing to completely overlook. That's a totally fine thing is things like the save points. Those are things that we can criticize because those that was never a good decision. I don't know. I feel like if I had 20 minutes to think about this, I would be able to put my words into words a lot better. My words into okay. words. So we'll, we'll come back to this. Next um, week on the, col- on the Collector's Quest podcast. On the RTT podcast. Wait, Collector's Quest is a weekly thing? You guys have a new <laughs> podcast every week? <laughs> Just like RTT has a new podcast every month. Uh, okay, so it's like a, quest. Johnny wants it to be weekly, but it's totally not. Okay, so all right, so 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 monthly, yeah, we'll we'll do monthly. All right, monthly at the end of the month after uh, you've totally beaten the game, just like you've beaten Crash, right? Right. I'll try. I'll try. So we got some some new amazing nominated games for next month, which uh, yeah, please nominate better games, more games, not better games. Uh, we've got some PC game that Gypsy nominated. No, no one heard of. Okay. 
Uh, I have never heard of it. Something meteor or something. Seems I'm interesting though. Really selling it here. It's a good choice because I bet no one's played it before. Like if we picked Monkey Island or The Dig or something, definitely have people who would have played it. It's a bad choice because it's a genre a lot of people just won't play and it's probably a little bit thinky and longer than people are willing to put into it. Uh, yeah. I chose I chose Act Razor. Why? Because uh, it's a game I know almost nothing about, but everyone praises it. I know it's a hybrid action city sim, but I like I don't I haven't even seen like footage of the game besides some of the action segments. Like I don't know anything about this game, but I know everyone loves it because I, I was more of a Genesis kid. So when we said we're gonna do a horror theme, you thought of Act Razor? What is Gypsy's a horror theme? His meteor game? I didn't realize that we were doing oh. a horror. Damn. I guess I should have made a big bigger deal out of it. Uh, it's Halloween next month. You should have posted some big picture or something, so I couldn't ignore that. It is Halloween. Big, big pictures of Resident Evil 2 remake. Oh my god, that's why BV nominated Fatal Frame, isn't it? Oh, dude. I'm yeah, still gonna man. win. No, I'm not. Resident Evil 2 is gonna win. Or Fatal Frame. Doesn't matter. God damn, how long is Resident Evil 2? Why are you picking these games? <laughs> Chris. It's, it's one of my favorite Resident Evil games. Are you gonna beat and it again? I will. Okay. So I say. Uh, and then we'll, you know, we'll replay this old one. And then the new one comes out like early next year. And it's like a perfect segue into, you know, All you right. play the original. And then next year you play the, the remake. It looks like Resident Evil 2 is about seven hours long. Let me. Yeah, but I think that's the full game. Like we're, so, so there are two scenarios, right? Leon's and Claire's. And events kind of overlap so if you if you don't have the time just beat one of them and you know that that'll count so you're saying that seven hours is probably both campaigns yeah yeah it it should yeah All it right. should be both campaigns. well we'll see we'll see how that goes it's a, i'm looking at how long to beat.com it says silent hill is about seven hours long and that's a game i've beaten over and over and over again and i know exactly how long it is so if that's the case maybe resident evil 2 won't be so bad and also, uh, once you beat, you know, one of the characters, the second one will be a lot easier because wh- while it's like different events, like a lot of the, you know, puzzles are the same, I, th- I believe. So to be honest, I've started Resident Evil maybe like serious attempts at it maybe three times. I think once on PlayStation, then twice on the GameCube. And uh, I, I never Resident got Evil more than two. The second no one? Resident Evil. Like I can't one. I couldn't get into Resident Evil at all. I'm a Silent Hill kind of guy, I guess. Uh, I mean, until Resident Evil 4 and 5, which, you know, they're third-person shooters. They're totally different games. Why don't you like Resident Evil? I don't know. It, that's one of those games. Like, I go to it. It's like, okay, I get why people like this, but it's just not for me. It's like you and Super Mario 64. Hmm. Is it the tank controls? Uh, maybe. Does Silent Hill... Silent Hill has tank controls, doesn't it? Yeah. It's... Well, it's not the tank controls, then. It's just boring. Why is Silent Hill so much better? It's this pretty much. Because I played this... it as a kid, and I have the nostalgia for it. Yeah, one of the scariest moments of my video game career was in that game. There's a, there's a, it's like a locker that's banging, and you go to open it, and then there's nothing in it, and like the music, everything kind of like fades to calm, and then you turn and you walk to leave the room, and like a cat bursts out of a different locker, and it's the scariest shit ever. All right, so I I played 
uh, Silent Hill probably as just as much as I did uh, Resident Evil. Uh, I still like Resident Evil better. And and um, Silent Hill, I'm talking about the first one. Yeah. Because anything after that, it's just. Eh. Oh, you want? Oh, let's let's get into Silent Hill Two and how it's kind of. Eh. That's uh, there's some people that really like Silent Hill Two, and I'm like, no, I kind of like the first one better. But yeah, I guess that's a story for a different time. I I don't. I think the supernatural element in in Silent Hill, it's it's not for me. Like any any horror movie too. Like I don't like this the the supernatural ones. Yeah, I used to have that exact same stance. I didn't want to see ghosts and stuff like that. And then it became so hard to find new horror movies because so many of them are supernatural that yeah, I just had to give same. up. So was it was there another nomination? So Fatal Frame Two, Resident Evil Two. Gypsy's yeah, adventure game that thing. was it for now we didn't talk that about Fatal Frame 2 which is totally a game that you know people talk up it feels like a game like slightly off the beaten path that not everyone has played you know like Super Mario Sunshine everyone has played that game it was super popular Fatal Frame 2 is like a little bit on the edge but everyone still talks about it like it's the scariest game ever so I feel like that's a good game to fish for votes of people who will never actually play it I actually never played Fatal Frame. I've uh, I, owned it in the past, but just never played. I played Fatal Frame 2 a few years ago on the Xbox. Uh, it was It's okay. It's it's a Japanese horror game, just like Resident Evil and Silent Hill. It's, you know, it's slow. It's got it's a little bit wonky and a little bit tedious, kind of like all survival horror games are. Yeah, as a matter of fact, I... I like just two, two, three months ago, I owned uh, Rue of Rose and Haunting Ground, and I tried to play them, and I couldn't get into them. M- maybe the whole genre needs like a whole a facelift into the modern era. I I haven't kept up on the genre at all, so I'm talking out of my ass. But there have been like new horror games that don't seem at all just like throwbacks. Like uh, what's that one? It had a sequel, the Something Evil something evil evil within the evil within right that's a new horror game that looks com- that looks different yeah i think that's actually by the uh what's that guy's name shinji mikami the the same guy who created uh resident evil oh all right or has something to do with resident evil i mean i i just haven't i don't know anything about modern it's games, got pretty pretty good reviews though uh i think the second one came out so there the genre still exists everybody we did it it's no longer just boring, tedious nonsense. So the evil within. Oh yeah. So I bought it and I just never, never finished it. That that sounds like a story that repeats itself throughout history for you. I don't <sighs> know how you true. do that. Pick a game and you beat it. You just you just put it in your console. You take all the other games out of the room. And you just you just beat that game. It's easy. No. Especially it's... in a modern game, it's basically just a movie. You just gotta sit through it till the end. No, it's not. <laughs> I don't know how you do it. You, you must just be really good at perseverance or something, or just pushing through. I don't know. Like I get bored, and then I, I was like, oh, I'll, I'll come back to it some other time, and then I just never do. Like once you have that mindset, I think it's done. Like you can't, you can't save it. Wh- which mindset? Well, when you like start to realize, oh man, uh, I'm losing interest in this game. I, I'll come back to it later. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay. That's pretty much done. Uh, yeah, you're done. 
I'm trying to think, like, I don't know. I guess that just doesn't happen to me. Like, for RTT at this point, like, the game of the month, I feel like I just have to push through it. No matter how much I'm not super enjoying it. Like, Crash wasn't the worst, but, uh, like, Arrow Flash, all right, I guess I have to play this a few times and get good at the last level so I can finally beat this. That's definitely a game I would have given up on if, uh, if I wasn't playing it for the thread. So, have you, like, missed a month at all? Uh, not of the regular game. There have been bonus games like Link to the Past where it's like, oh, okay, yeah, that's... I'm not playing Link to the Past. So, yeah, we're, we're solely talking about the main game. So, you yeah. have beaten all of them. See, that's, uh, yes. that's what I'm talking about. So, like, I think you would just push through. Even if you hate the game, you'll, you'll finish it. I've given up on games that I've talked about in the RTT. So, uh, Streets of Rage 3, that was a bonus game, and that was that was too hard. Like, I gave it a couple good tries, and I, re- like, I didn't give my full effort into it, but I realized very quickly, this game isn't fucking around. I would have to get very good at this genre and this game to have any chance at it, and it's not happening. Because I was... I was like spending all my continues and I would only get like halfway. And I know the Streets of Rage games don't even get hard until like the last level. So I gave up on that pretty quickly. Part of the reason why I got rid of the bonus games is like we don't even have enough people playing the regular game. Yeah, you're right. It's, it's, it's a good choice, I think, to get rid of them. Encourage people to, to focus on the main thing. Because then people are like, can I just play the bonus games? Like, no, fuck off. And they're like, oh, I won't play anything this month. <laughs> I mean, the whole point is to play one game together right and to finish it and talk about it and if you have like other games it just totally takes the whole like attention away from the the main game that's true so at the at the end of the collector's quest podcast we promoted a facebook group that's called like retro game of the month or something i'm like shit johnny that's exactly what we do on game tz get some more people who will actually play those games over here yeah why don't you uh promote rtt i'll try i'll I'll do some better promotion on my part. Felt I didn't want to do it right after that because I'm like, well, I don't want to. Johnny's trying to do the shout out for this guy to be nice. I don't want to be like, no, come to Game Teasy instead. We're a dying community of people who trade games. You know, people used to trade games because they're not all worthless. <sighs> we need someone to save Game Teasy. You saved Game Teasy. You created the most popular thread on Game Teasy. Come on. Yeah. So there's like ten people in there. Like the ten active people who actually. We need That's more than that. Forum I'm on. Are you kidding me? Kids are on Facebook. No one, no one's joining forums. So uh, next, uh, next seasonal RPG. <laughs> Woo! So, so we we're have... all done with Earthbound, right? You got Earthbound. I got Earthbound digitally. Oh, did, have you actually played it? No. Excellent. Like, all right. So you bought Earthbound. I bought Earthbound too. No, I didn't buy it. Well, digitally, I don't have like an eight hundred dollar game like you do. So, well, digitally, did you spend $8 on it or did you buy an SNES Classic? I spent $10 on the Wii U version and I have a SNES yeah. Classic. So there, we both bought it. So that was good. Not, probably not going to play it. You're definitely not going to play it because it's an RPG. There's no chance of you beating it. I played 30 minutes of it. Um, that, sure. I played 30 minutes of it in like 2009. Okay. Yeah. Back in the day, I played 30 minutes of it and I di- didn't like it as much as everyone else it's impossible to judge an rpg in 30 minutes i would say like i'm playing path of exile and i've tried to recruit so many people into it and the game doesn't get good until you've beaten it like 60 hours later it's 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 a hard thing to to get an idea of an rpg that quickly wait you're not playing pillars of eternity god damn it i'm not (laughs) okay damn 
It's I started to play game. Anyone can play it. All you need is hundreds of hours of your life. That's crazy, man. I don't understand. So you're addicted to this game. What's so What's so good about it? It's uh, It's a casino for fake currency, basically. So the entire there's no gold in the game. So you, in like Diablo or something, you would like amass gold, or you'd like some kind of other item that you'd be like in Diablo two. It was stones of Jordan. That was a rare ring that everyone kind of used as currency. In this game. It's all a barter system of different types of currency and you use the currency to craft items. And every time you craft something, it's a random roll. So you're playing for random loot and random crafts, Random loot that you randomly craft on and you run maps that have random modifiers on them. It's, it's a huge slot machine. It's the world's most complex slot machine. And it is, a lot of games are designed to stretch to the like an average heavy player's experience to the limit where they're constantly progressing and having fun. But this game is 100% balanced around the top 0.1% who literally plays this game 16 hours a day. So it feels impossible to be good. It's it's an endless grind where no matter how much time you put into the game, no matter how good you are, it is almost impossible to be as good as you want to be because there's so much stuff that you have to randomly grind for there's no amount of skill or anything that you can put into getting high-end gear it's just like all right i gotta grind for 20 hours and and maybe i'll i'll start getting enough stuff to to be able to trade another player to afford that that one thing i want and what you're describing sounds like it's something you you enjoy really I, it's, I, I, <laughs> that if I was terrible. to rate the game, if I was to rate the game, I would give it a 10 out of 10. It's the most engaging action RPG I've ever played. I wouldn't say it's a better game than Diablo 2, but it is way more playable than Diablo 2. But I can't hold it in the same regard as something like Divinity Original Sin 2. So Divinity Original Sin 2, I love because... The gameplay is incredible. Everything about that, the story, the way the combat works, exploring, it's amazing. This game does one thing. It has all of the free-to-play hooks of keeping me in the game clicking things, but without taking any of my money or like making me wait for timers like a free-to-play game would. It's just the more I get in there and click things the very, very slowly better I will be in the game because I'll have more stuff. It's so. it's the ultimate psychological addictive drug. I don't know if... So there's no, there's, there's no gameplay. You just click stuff and it drops loot. It's ridiculous, but I love it. I don't know. So uh, I, I probably... I, I'm not addicted to whatever you're addicted to in this regard. So I, I have no idea what, what makes this so addicting. Like what you're describing sounds horrible. It sounds like the ultimate. It's like the worst time sink. Like you just that's all lose, it is. It's one huge time yeah, sink. You lose all your time to it, and that time could be used to play some new retro game or some modern game. Oh you no! Know, it's 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 literally destroying my life with its addictive nature. Stop it, Tyler! Stop it! <laughs> like, Stop just playing. To give you an idea of the baseline high end currency is called an exalted orb. That's like you trade multiples of those for something that you want and an average of one drops between every 30 to 50 hours of gameplay. 
for one. <laughs> so, and then the highest end currency is called a mirror, and that drops between every 30,000 to 50,000 hours of gameplay. So most people who play the game will never see one of them. So can you drop money to buy these? Like, can you can you buy it off no, of another player? There's no, there's no pay to win at all. The only thing... So the, the way they get you is... The only thing you can buy in the game that actually has an impact on gameplay is stash tabs. And because you're going to be playing constantly and you're going to want to store all this shit that you get, you buy more stash tabs to store it all. Hmm. Yeah, this is... I, I don't understand. Uh, it's out, out of my realm. It, so you've never played Diablo 2, I'm guessing? No. Okay. So my time sink in, in high school and, and college was Magic. Magic Online. And... You know, like, I just didn't want to start anything else because it would just take me away from that. Like, everyone played WoW. <laughs> like, all your time I, for Magic? Yeah, I completely, I, I couldn't I couldn't get into it. Because I, I knew if I did, I would spend all my time playing WoW. And at the end of the day, like, what do you get out of WoW? So, I feel like how I feel, I never played an MMO where I was, like, totally just, like, I'm just playing this because I'm addicted to it. There's no reward here. I played Lord of the Rings Online a lot. But I was just like kind of enjoying myself and going for it. This is just like I get in. I'm like, how many chaos orbs can I grind today? Am I going to find an exalted orb today? Let's click some stuff and find out. And that's how I feel like a lot of WoW players are when they're just like mindlessly in front of their computers. That's terrible. I think that's that's okay in your 20s. But when you're reaching like, you know, I, I just can't imagine spending all that time on one game. And at the end, you have really nothing to show for it except, I don't know, you're your addiction fulfilled or not even fulfilled it's more yeah. more addicting each single day and you don't get satisfaction yeah so like the <laughs> end game would be having every piece of loot i want and being a powerful god and that's intentionally gated behind hundreds of hours and like if that ever happens you have two options you either start a new character or you're just like oh the second you get to that point you're like yes i could kill everything instantly everything in my build is perfect all right i'm done with the game like those are the two options. It's at least in Magic Online, literally every game you have in Magic Online is like this cogn- cognitive, whatever the word is. You, you think about it. It's fun and engaging because you're thinking and playing a game. Like and every single turn in Magic is amazing because there's so many things that you have to think about. Right, and on top of all that, you get you you can sell these cards for money. So that's one monetary gain, and two, you you're you're improving your skills. You're yeah. improving your skills, and I mean, unless magic dies, you're always going to have that, uh, well, if you don't play, you're going to kind of lose it, but, you know, you're improving your drafting skills or whatever, your your constructed uh, playing skills. There's always, like, an improvement. So, like, in these MMOs, I don't I don't understand. So, you're, you're basically playing to waste time. Is that yeah, a good basically, assessment? Yeah, basically the only like 99% of how good you are in Path of Exile is going to be how much you play the game. And 1% is going to be whether you copy someone else's math. Cause like there's obviously these super nerds that go out there and math out like the most optimal builds and then they'll post a guide for it. And it's like, well, I don't want to spend 50 hours trying to figure out some builds. So I'm just going to copy the guide. And then the rest of the hundreds of hours I'm putting into the game, I'm just going to, it's just how much time I put in basically. Actually, that uh, that happened to me in uh, Maple Story. Uh, back then when I played, I would just copy a guide. Like, there's no reason to waste like waste hours, like hundreds of hours into into a build, and then you're like, oh, this is not like this is like the worst build ever. Yeah. 
and then you start over, and then like all that time wasted. Well, that's what to- the high end players do is they'll just be like, "Oh, I'm playing this for a couple hundred dollars. Start over. Let's figure something else new out." Like if I had enough time to do that, I would, but I obviously don't. This has already taken over enough of my time. So and it's, it's almost embarrassing to admit because I am so much like the gameplay guy. Like I hate games that are just nothing. Yeah, it's nothing to mindless. play. And this is literally I'm I'm sitting in front of the slot machine pulling that reel in front of my computer. Is all I'm doing all day now. So this is still going on. You're still addicted to this game. You were playing uh, last night. I was literally so I recorded Collector's Quest. I woke up this morning as soon as Collector's Quest ended. I went over to play Path of Exile, and then you were like, "Hey, you up yet?" And then I had to come over here and record this podcast. I actually have I have a hand injury, so I had like a <laughs> swollen tendon or something. Because for the past week, I was playing like two and a half weeks, fifty hours a week of Path of Exile, and like my Jesus. my clicking fingers are like injured now. So I was supposed to be at a pinball tournament today, but I couldn't go because my hand is injured from Path of Exile. So besides Path of Exile and besides beating Crash, did you play any other game in the past month or so? Oh, I must have played something in the past month. Come on, don't. How do you have this much time? I don't. No, I've, it's... If something interested me in like the retro world, I would play that and forgo Path of Exile. But I don't know. There, no one's talking about anything in the thread. You guys are mainly talking about PS1 RPGs, which I am free to ignore forever. So did you play anything else? I'm, I'm looking through my spreadsheet right now. Pro- I'm going to sort by 2018. Trying to prove a point here. Trying to prove but a that point. Path of Exile that- is ruining my uh, time to yeah. play the game. Can you imagine? I could have beaten like the entire Final Fantasy series almost. Yep, exactly. <laughs> but I don't want to because that doesn't give me that turn my brain off instant reward kind of thing. Let's so see, nothing, what have right? I nothing. been playing? Nope, nope. Played all these before. Uh, Death Squared. Played that. That's like a little puzzle game on the PS4. That was kind of fun. Death Squared. Okay. <laughs> it's like, I can't, you can't talk about those games because if, if you haven't played it, it's like, well, I'm not going to explain this stupid indie puzzle game to you. Yeah, no need. So you, you play some stupid indie puzzle game and Path of Exile and crash and this is like in the path month past well month. all right I've, i play a lot of uh golden tea in the arcades or the bar with my friends and we play golf it which is an indie golf game we're into golf games right now so i have a social life with games how do you have a social life when you're playing path of exile how oh i'm not saying it doesn't impact my social life i'm like oh do you want to go and play golden tea no i got i gotta grind some more chaos orbs but i have to make up an excuse because i can't say that's the reason i don't want to play golden tea so you're gonna keep playing Path of Exile. Like what? When are you gonna? Stop? It's not. It's not like ruining my life. Like some people. And wow, I play it almost every day. And I don't know. I, I've had time to beat Crash. You haven't. What's up? Hey, that's true. I don't have All kids. Right, not me. having kids me. is the secret to everything. All right. Well, I'll laugh when you have kids. I well, I won't. And you'll. I'll keep making fun of you guys, and you guys will be like, "Oh, well, look at this forty-year-old guy. He's just sitting playing video games all day. What a jerk." <laughs> All right, so uh, I think we covered almost everything. What about your purge, Lunar? You're, you're oh getting rid of oh, all yeah. your games, selling them all to Forgotten Freshness. Yeah, so I've decided that I'm serious about keeping all my games on one shelf because my games are like everywhere, and my wife's just like, no, you you can't have your games like in the living room, in in the bedroom, everywhere. Just not happening. And then, uh, you know, we need more room for the kids to play around. So I'm getting rid of anything I can live to not have 
This is the most... Can you imagine saying to your, like, your 13-year-old self, we need more, more room for the kids to play. We're going to get rid of dozens of video games that are taking up space. Well, to, to be fair, I, I do own a little bit too much. And it's not like I have time to play all of them, right? Like, I, I feel like I'm trying to play these three games and I can't even do it. It's, well, it's not, it's not about playing video games. You got to start your own video game museum. No. That's, that's something. So Ben Stylus, that Ben Stylus captured a point on the forum. And it was some other thread. I think it was the PS1 thread where it's like, you're not starting a museum in your house. And that's been like a point that I've been trying to articulate in my mind. I'm like, yes, that's perfect. That's exactly what I needed to hear in my brain, right? But isn't so? So you agree with that sentiment? You're not so starting. I, a <laughs> not that I don't have a lot of games, but the idea is like I don't need to buy. I don't have any interest in anything from 2000 up. Basically, like PS2, a lot of great games on PS2, but I don't. I don't want to own any of them. Because some people, they go and they're like, I've got 67 consoles and I've got a little bit of games for every of them, all of them. And like, I don't need to do that. I could just buy the games that I actually want to own. It doesn't have to be a museum of gaming history. So I, he was kind of going at it a different way where you don't need to own anything you're not playing. But it spoke to me in that it was saying, I don't need to own things that I just think would look cool because it represents more of gaming history. Okay. So why, why do you collect sets then? Because cause I like the consoles. I like 80s and 90s. I like being able to be like, oh, Crash Bandicoot, I've already got that on the shelf, even though I don't collect PlayStation and I had to go specifically get Crash Bandicoot. Do you actually read the manual or like look at the manual and look at the box art? Like, like uh, you know, some people would just like, oh, I'm, let me put the, put the game in and I'll just play the game. And who cares about the box or who cares? You know, they, they just have the carts. Like, do you I actually... mean, I, I only have carts, but like whenever whenever I play a Sega CD game or something, I always read the manual beforehand. Uh, manuals for old games are very useful. Uh, so if I don't have the manual, I often look it up. Like UB Screw, like Castlevania 2 has a lot of tips in that manual. Yeah, I kind of wish... Uh, what was that game? I, I didn't know. Oh, Streets of Rage. I didn't know about the back kicks and the, yeah. the tech throws. Gotta read those manuals. That's what I like. It, it doesn't shove it to you in the game. Once you're in the game, it's like, all right, you know how to play this? Let's go. Retro games, man. All right. Well, this was fun. Um, and let's let's seriously do this monthly and maybe have uh, more thought put into like the topics instead of throwing it together in <laughs> no, like, this 30 minutes. Perfect. Sure. We could do that. We could do viewer mail. We could have... If you're one of our eight listeners... PM Lunar on the forum that we're all on. Yeah. We're, we're, and tell us what to talk about or something. My idea was let's play a game, a co-op game, and then while we record the podcast. So we're not like forced to talk about topics and we'll just be, you know, free flowing thoughts and whatever topic that comes up or like we can have a guide while we're playing the game. What do you think? I feel like we would, that would make 75% of our conversation about the game. That's fine. Or like my brain would be too focused on the game to to articulate some of my thoughts. I mean, we could so, definitely do that. Yeah, let's try it. I mean, uh, we we could just talk like I would say like fifty percent about the game because we're actually playing the game. So we'll pick like an easy genre, like a beat 'em up. You love those, right? I knew, see, like I knew it was going to be a beat 'em up. So that's like half the reason I'm resisting it. Like, what beat 'em up? First of all, there's none I want to play. There's zero. And what are we? <laughs> What other game would we play even? What do you mean none? So we got Final Fight. We got Streets of Rage. 
Captain Commando just came out on the Switch. Knights of the Round. What's the other one? <sighs> There's some Neo Geo ones we can play. There's a ton of these. And what? We're going to tap the buttons and then die and then put another quarter in and tap more buttons. Just... Yeah, I mean, it's... Oh, it makes me want to die. It's the perfect <laughs> podcast video game because you don't have to think about much. Who's going to be entertained by watching it, though? Like, playing a beat-em-up makes me want to die. Who would watch someone else play beat-em-ups? Wheels. Wheels love beat-em-ups. But wait, That's so true. What other like genre would you would you recommend? Uh, well, you're Asian. We could do rhythm games. But then we can't talk about <laughs> anything. <laughs> so we'll be counting rhythms. Oh, yeah, that'll be great. Wait, and also, what's that have to do with my Asian-ness? Uh, well, Asians are good at rhythm games. I don't know if you knew that. It's a factual statement. I did not know that. What well, rhythm, you're... <laughs> what rhythm games are you? What rhythm game are you thinking about? Like, well, if you go to Japan or Korea, they're like crazy at all the dancing games and beat mania and all that kind of stuff. And so we're gonna do Dance Dance Revolution while we record an episode. Yeah, Th- that's not gonna work. Oh, it's gonna work. It's gonna be a very special episode of the RTT podcast. Like shoot 'em ups are too. You have to be focused, yeah. right? You we can probably dodge. play Arrow Flash. <laughs> okay, Arrow Flash. Then the ep- then the episode will be over in thirty minutes. Well, that's any shoot 'em up. No, oh, you're saying it's a bad genre anyway. I don't know. What? Um, I think beat 'em up is first great. person and, shooter and I think, multiplayer. No, let's do beat 'em okay. ups. Let's do beat 'em up as the first test episode, and I think it'll get you to like beat 'em ups more. Okay, sure. As if I like haven't played every major beat 'em up. I played Golden Axe and Streets of Rage for the RTT. How about Captain Commando? I've never played Captain Commando. It's such a fun game, but no, then you know probably you, not. We'll yes. see. I like Turtles in Time. I'm like, eh, Simpsons, I think, is actively bad. No, these, they're nothing compared to, like, the other game I wanted to play, it doesn't even exist in any console. Um, what was it? Cadillacs and Dinosaurs. But we, we have to use, like, Fight Kate or something. But let's do Captain Commando. Like, are you, are you going to buy it? Like, on, on Switch? Yeah. I mean, if we're going to do it, I could do that. That doesn't come with like the online thing, so I have to get the online thing, and I have to get this game. Uh, I'm not sure actually. So the online thing, you can just get the trial, right? right when we do the uh, episode. Okay. So let's do Captain Commando October podcast. We'll talk about October's game, and while we play Captain Commando, how's that? All right. All right. Sounds, sounds good. good. All right. So see you next see you guys at the end of november when we decide to record the next rtt podcast november or you know october or october do that we'll see we'll see let's check your scheduling i'm free i don't have kids yeah except you have poe which is why we didn't i'm taking an hour-long break to record this podcast right now let's just Put it out there that we didn't record this two weeks ago because Tyler was asleep from playing POE all night. <laughs> Let's just throw it out that there. That is 100% true if it was two weeks ago because I've been playing this till like six to nine in the morning on weekends. We'll, we'll set a date for October. And I uh, think right at, like the 20th is when we start talking about next month's game of the month. So sometime between like the 20th and 25th is probably good. All right. Sounds good. So right, what, what's the date you now? Next it's the 20th. Month? second oh perfect it's the 22nd yeah all right all right so i'm gonna not record anymore (laughs) okay